0: Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly.
1: Is the season that uh, we talk a lot about uh, the services of Catholic charities, especially during the appeal time, 2017. We feature them all year on the on the program. In fact, you may remember at the uh, beginning of the year we um, did air a couple of our programs from last year on a similar topic to what we're doing now. Of course, one of the ongoing stories, and it's not just in Western New York; it's really all over the. United States. Opiates, opiate addiction, heroin addiction. It's a huge problem and a huge news story. Uh, We we hear something almost every day on the news. And uh, we're going to talk about what Catholic Charities is doing in that regard. And uh, I'm very pleased to welcome back to the program, the program supervisor for the Chemical Dependency Treatment Program, Maura Barris. Maura, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much uh, for coming in again. Uh, And also, one of the program counselors Tiffany Montemage. Tiffany welcome to the show
0: Hi thank you for having me
1: Um the more's been on I'll I'll just uh, uh for a moment before we get into the to the topic today uh program counselor what does that mean what kind of things do you do at Catholic charities
0: um, well, I'm a licensed mental health counselor. Okay. Um, I've been with the agency three years working with the drug and alcohol population. Um, I do assessments. I do one-on-one counseling. I also run uh, group therapy sessions as well.
1: Okay. And we're going to talk about all of those things as we go on with the with the uh, program today. Uh, Maura, I mentioned you've been on the program before, and in many ways it's unfortunate that I have to keep having you back to talk about these things. Um, uh, But uh, this is an ongoing problem, and it's not going away anytime soon, is it?
2: No, unfortunately, no. Um, I just read an article that had a a statistic that said that 70 people a day are dying from opiate addiction, wow. and only 10% of Americans are seeking out treatment. There's
1: some reasons maybe why that is, yeah. right? I mean, and, and again, we're going to talk all about this issue and, and specifically what Catholic Charities does to kind of help treat chemical dependency on a lot of levels, but um, why don't people seek treatment?
2: I think a number of issues. I think people don't want to have the stigmatism of being labeled as an addict. I think people are scared if they're in a room with other people. People are going to know they have a problem, which I find interesting because everybody in the room is there for the same reason. And we are very big on confidentiality. I think there are a number of programs that are helpful in in the community now but are also kind of deterring people from actually getting treatment.
1: Uh, What do you mean by
2: that? Well, I think Narcan is a very useful thing. It's saving people's lives. Oh,
1: absolutely, right? I don't think anybody's questioning absolutely that. Absolutely not. Right. I think
2: it is it is a wonderful thing. It's helping to save people's lives, but I think that people with addictions are over-relying on on the usefulness of Narcan as a stop-go of Rather than looking at a long-term solution of getting off drugs of I can use this and this will save my life.
1: Well, I mean that's a human tendency, right? Um, right. Uh, we can call it procrastination, whatever you want. But yeah. mm, if I don't have to do this today, I'm not going to do this Right. We all want the easy button. Right. Uh, it, it, Tiffany, I see you shaking your head over there and I want to throw it your way because you are working directly with – Patients and clients who are who are, who are seeking treatment, and um, I, I want to know what your experience is in in this regard. You know, um, uh, what do you hear from patients? I mean, uh, you know, and I'm 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 also thinking you must get calls, for example, from people who are seeking help and then never come and get the help.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, we get phone calls that come into intake um, that are interested in treatment. Um, oftentimes, those names um, remain on the referral list, and they don't come in for one reason or another. Um, so we've been proactive, and I've been making phone calls to those people that have called in um, that haven't come in for those intake appointments yet. And I will schedule um, an appointment right there and then with them. Um, and I think they're more likely to come in once they receive a phone call from from us, um, you know, if if they're not ready to, to come and walk in walk-in intakes, um, that that warm phone call, um, I think, is more welcoming than just walking into uh, outpatient.
1: Well, I'll mention, I mentioned we're naturally kind of procrastinators, all of us, right? But um, that's another thing, and it and it almost doesn't matter what topic that I'm dealing with here on the program the thing most often that seems to motivate people is a personal invitation of some sort that personal contact now i would imagine it's got to be frustrating for you right i mean you've got um you know not only are you on the side of dealing with folks who are in the throes of addiction every day but you want to help other people get help and they constantly, you know, either blow you off or whatever mm-hmm, the story. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I mean, I imagine it must get frustrating for you, but it's important that you persist, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. I don't give up on my patients. <laughs> um, <for> you. <laughs> you know, when I first started doing this three years ago, I would take offense to a patient, no showing an appointment mm-hmm. or blowing me off or maybe a relapse, but. I, You know, you can't take those things personal. Um, I work with my patients very hard to identify triggers, um, their stressors, way to manage them, coming up with coping skills. Um, I let patients know, you know, you can call me at any time. Um, If I don't pick up, leave me a voicemail. I will return your phone call. Um, I help with finding them resources for what their needs are. Um, So I found that our patients give us really good feedback because we're not – one of those programs out there that treat them as a number. Um you know, we know each other on a first base uh first name basis. Um and I, I've I've gotten nothing but really good feedback about our program.
1: And, and let me go back to that that question I was posing before. Um and I and I imagine it's easier for, for folks to maybe open up about it after they're into treatment and, and they're getting better. Um you know do they tell you why it took them so long to Get treatment?
0: Um, it, it's different for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could be because their environment that they're in. Everyone that is around them is using drugs. So um, for somebody like that, it's really hard to stay clean when your family members are all using drugs and alcohol. Your best friend is using drugs and alcohol. Your significant other is using drugs and alcohol. Um, you're more likely to be brought down a lot quicker than you're brought up in that type of environment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult that, – that's the probably the most difficult scenario that, mm-hmm. that we're dealing with here. Tiffany Montemage is a program counselor with the Catholic Charities Chemical Dependency Treatment Program. Uh, also uh, joining us today, Maura Barris, the program supervisor. A- as always, any, anything you want to know about the things we talk about uh, and anything with Catholic Charities, we are in Appeal 2017. You can donate online as well. CCWNY.org is the – is the website and all of the information is on there. Now, um, the opiate addiction is is the big problem that I think we're facing as a society mm-hmm. right now. And, and we're certainly going to continue to talk about that. But I want to make sure that uh, um, we don't forget to talk about some of the other things that oh, no. you do yeah. more. So why don't yeah. we do that and uh, we'll focus more on the second half of the program about – because you've, you've got some great new programs on the opiate mm-hmm. – um, uh, for opiate addiction uh, to, to help folks. But, but tell us about some of the other things in your department.
2: We we address um, any chemical dependency issue, whether it's alcohol, marijuana, cocaine, amphetamines, any of the synthetic drugs, anything. And so it you're right, it doesn't it just have to be opiates. So, you know, if somebody calls for an assessment, we do assessments on drinking and driving programs. If somebody has had a DWI, most likely they're going to be referred for an assessment so we do assessments on that. We we run, you know, the gamut on whatever chemical dependency issue somebody may have. Uh,
1: if people remember when, when we had our uh, program about the appeal – and by the way, if you didn't hear that, you can go to WNYCatholic.org uh, slash radio and download uh, any of our podcasts there. Um, is your area more one of the – one of the areas of Catholic Charities where maybe Catholic Charities doesn't have the right fit for somebody and refer somebody somewhere else? Or are you maybe more on the other end where people are referring folks to you?
2: People are referring folks to us. Okay, I mean, yeah. I would consider us the best-kept secret, <laughs> honestly, that um, we're not very well known for our CD program. But um, once people come into the program, like Tiffany said, people are very pleased um, we are a smaller program, so we can di- give individualized treatment, um, and we we deal with the mind, body, and soul. We just don't look at it as a drug issue.
1: Uh, let me let me go back to to uh, what you were talking about in terms of like an assessment and whatnot. If somebody calls you, somebody, even if somebody calls Central Intake mm-hmm. at Catholic Charities, isn't sure what to do, but they know they need help. Right. Or they go online, they see the phone number, and they call. Mm-hmm. What are the steps? What can people expect on that first contact with you and then the steps that they'll go through as they get into
2: it? Right. People will call and make um, – they can either make an intake appointment – Or we have walk-in intake hours. So they just come in during those hours. They'll fill out some paperwork, and they will see a counselor. And at that time, we'll sign some releases of information because sometimes we have to contact the doctor or the referral source, if it's a lawyer, if it's a court. And then um, we start the assessment processes really about information gathering. So we know how to develop a treatment plan that fits the individual.
1: Okay, good. Uh, that goes for just about any program at Catholic Charities, right? right? So, right. it, absolutely. It, whether it's chemical dependency right. or your counseling programs mm-hmm. or your, um, you know, I know you have some workplace help programs, yes. all those kinds of things. So that's that's kind of what uh, what you can expect. Thanks for joining us on Western New York Catholic Weekly this week. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, chemical dependency, uh, the treatment program at Catholic Charities, but also particularly, um, you know, it's something that apparently is not going away from the news cycle. Opiate addiction—it's a huge problem in. Uh, County in particular, but all throughout Western New York and really throughout the United States. Mora Barris joins us, who is the uh, program supervisor for the Chemical Dependency Treatment Program at Catholic Charities. Tiffany Montemage is also here. She's a program counselor there. Um, I, I didn't ask the big question at the, at the beginning of this uh, program, which I should probably do now. By the way, CCWNY is the Catholic Charities website for anything that we talk about here today. Why is this such a problem,
2: Maura. Well, I mean, and that, why does it continue to be a problem? Yeah, I got Well, the million dollar yeah, question really. probably is how are we going right. to fix it? Maybe Absolutely. that's, the,
1: maybe that's the two million dollar question. <laughs>
2: um, a lot of it is understanding empathy and allowing people to seek treatment. And and being ready when they do. And like you said, when you talk to Tiffany, how do you not get frustrated? Because it is a very frustrating process for for the family members, for the person who is addicted, you know? So having patience, having empathy, and having the right programs that fit the people, I think, are all important aspects of that.
1: Well, and and you brought up an interesting point, which I I maybe want to talk about a a little bit more, um, in that... We're in a weird scenario where this is, you know, like a heroin addiction, for example, is so all-encompassing in somebody's life, yet they're not motivated to seek treatment for that. I think people have trouble understanding that.
2: Yeah. I I think it's not that they're not motivated sometimes. They just – they get stuck in their own addiction. So it becomes a full-time job and people – are very afraid of physical withdrawal. Opiate addiction comes with physical withdrawal. And that physical withdrawal can be so intense, both emotionally and physically, that people will do some very weird things and very scary things to avoid that. So people are scared that once they go into treatment, they're going to go into withdrawal, and they won't be able to manage that.
1: So, um... Once people get to your desk, you make a contact with somebody and they're, they're ready to start and you're working with them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what can they expect?
0: They can expect to come in for individual counseling um, on a weekly basis, um, be in group therapy two times a week. Um, if they're interested in the medication as far as, you know, Suboxone goes, um, more appointments for that. Um, I tell people it might seem overwhelming in the beginning um, because there's going to be a lot of appointments. Yeah. But once you show that you're stable, um, you're making changes, and um, we see progress, you know, those things start to spread out over time.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, um, now, I fully realize that um, as we sit here and talk today, we may not be reaching the folks who are in the throes of addiction, who, who who really need the help. But we are probably talking to a number of people who know someone, maybe a family member, could be a spouse. You mentioned significant others, huge, mm-hmm. you know, the huge issue. Um, what do they need to know?
0: Um, I think most importantly that they're not alone. Um If you're a family member of somebody who is in the throes of addiction, um, there is help out there for you as well. We do offer counseling for um, family members or uh, significant others of those who are in addiction. Um, There is uh, Al-Anon and Narnon meetings out there as well, and you can get support from other people that are in similar situations as you. Um, but most importantly, knowing that you're not alone, there's a lot of people out there that are going through very similar things.
1: And, and you know, we've already kind of talked about this, but, uh, um, you know, sometimes it takes that family member to really kind of be strong and tell somebody, Hey, we need to get help for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause they're not going to do it on their own.
2: Yeah. Right. I think we're only as sick as our secrets, you know, and, and part of the, the shattering of of addiction and into recovery is getting out of the shadow of secrecy, you know, because a lot of times family members often have issues themselves because they're so busy trying to cover up what's going on in the family, which only perpetuates the ongoing use of the family member.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's incredibly true. You know And I mean? That's, uh, you know, and, uh, um, one of the, one of the nice things about, Catholic Charities is that you know that, Mm -hmm. right, that you're aware that it goes well beyond the patient.
2: Absolutely. Like I said before, we look at, at the person as a whole, and we often, you know, encourage them to bring in their family members into their sessions so that they can also get support and sometimes the person that's in treatment needs somebody to back them up with the family member because there's been so much broken trust or lying or stealing the family member just doesn't believe them anymore especially when they said we're doing I'm doing well so they need that kind of backup from us
1: yeah that's very important um I, I've said before on the you know you know as as we talk about uh, Catholic charity again I'm not a doom and gloom guy you know what I mean I I tend not to I you know this isn't shock radio I'm not trying to scare people or you know like like Mm you hear on a lot of programs you know they give a lot of statistics that show how bad everything is because the idea is to show the good stuff that we're doing but before we did this show today you guys were kind of giving me some astounding numbers in terms of. You know, your own programs, yeah. but just, you know, what's going on here
2: yeah. in Western Europe. York. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's rampant. And like I was saying to you before the show is that it's not just inner, an inner city problem. It crosses every kind of boundary you can think of, gender, socioeconomic, occupational, whatever. It, it doesn't discriminate. But I think a good point is that you brought up is people do get better. People do get better all the time, and even if they go on our website um, and they hit our chemical dependency link, there's two stories of um, past patients that can show that. And I think you're right that in the newspaper we hear about the drug bust on the Lower East Side. We don't hear about John Smith has 25 years clean.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just now um uh one of the things that you that you had mentioned to me is about like the uh, hotline here yeah. for to call for yeah. help. Um Let me just be frank. People aren't calling the hotline.
2: Right. And I think part I mean... of that is because it hasn't been Advertise correctly. I don't think it's just a hotline. Family members can call. Yeah, it can be a referral line, and that's what we just talked about at the meeting. I went to the for the hotline. Is it has to be advertised differently? It's not just for people in crisis. It can be for anybody that needs information or referrals or anything.
1: And and I, and I one one thing that I maybe haven't uh, stressed enough or focused on enough here is uh, uh, so I'll ask you. Tiffany, um, you know, I mentioned the, the addictions and when we hear about addiction, opiates, et cetera, most people think heroin mm-hmm. and that's not really the case, right? We have people that had – that were getting legitimate medical treatment that are now for whatever reason um, addicted to a painkiller, an opiate or
0: Absolutely. whatever. Absolutely. Um- I've never heard of anybody telling me that they woke up one day saying, I'm going to be an addict today. Mm-hmm. It's not how it develops. Um, a very common story that I hear from patients coming into treatment is, um, I broke my arm when I was a teenager. I got a, a prescription for lower tabs. Um, after a while, I noticed that it wasn't affecting the pain, so I had to take more pills. And then, you know, after I um, started taking more pills, I realized that when I didn't have them, I became very sick. Um, my doctor cut me off and... And now I have to go to the streets to get these, or I have to go to a family member who has a script and, and take their medication. Um, so a lot of times it starts with a simple um, prescription, um, a legitimate prescription from a doctor to treat pain, as the medication is intended for. Um, and your body just becomes physically dependent over over time. And nobody asked to become addicted to this. Um, they didn't know what was going to happen. Um, you know, often it, it starts as you know a teenager or you're in early twenties. And um, the next thing they know, they can't find pills anymore. So they're turning to the streets to get heroin because it's cheaper um, and it's more readily available. As sad as that is,
1: and and let me just so that uh, so that it's clear, we are talking people across the board, right? We're talking young people, we're talking old people, we're talking men, women, we're talking all races, cultures, Absolutely. everything, right?
0: Addiction does not discriminate. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And uh, I, I kind of want to wrap up here um, uh, by finding out. So, you know, somebody's listening to the program. Um, maybe they themselves are experiencing some of these things or they know someone that's experiencing these things. What are we encouraging people to do? How can Catholic Charities help them?
2: Just reach out. Just like I said um, – uh, recovery is about breaking the the silence and and getting out and breaking the secrecy, you know. And I always tell my patients about, you know, we live in a soundbite world now. We have, we text, we tweet, we we do whatever, but we hardly ever have conversations. And I'm a big proponent on therapy for a number of reasons. But the way I look at it is where else do you get somebody's Full attention, one on one for forty-five minutes or half an hour. That doesn't happen, you know. And I look at it as people can come in and emotionally throw up. <laughs> you know, it's a good analogy. You know, because if you, if you think about it, when you have to throw up, we do everything not to throw up. Uh, yep, that's true. But then we end up throwing up anyway, and we feel better. <laughs> so you know.
1: Sickness is a crazy thing, isn't it? It is. It is.
2: So yeah. if you take out why you're there, you know, don't don't put constraints on why you're there. But if you want human contact, if you want somebody to listen, if you want support, that's what counseling is about, whether it's our mental health, whether it's our chemical dependency, whatever. It's about support. It's about not being alone. And it's about getting help.
1: Uh, Tiffany, anything you want to add to that?
0: Um, no, I think she did a great job of... of describing
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that specifically, but okay. yeah. yeah I, um, and let me just tell you, um, you know, um, what you heard on the program here from Tiffany and Mora is what you can expect when you go to Catholic Charities. They're not sitting here and putting on one face for the you know, behind the microphone, and then you get something completely different when you go. This is what you can expect from Catholic Charities. And I hope that came across today on the program. Maura Barris is the supervisor for the Catholic Charities Chemical Dependency Treatment Program. Uh, one of their counselors also joining us, Tiffany Montemage. Thank you both for, for coming Thank you. in. And, um, I'd I'd love to say I'm never going to have you back again because that would mean we didn't have a problem anymore. But um, you know, as, as things develop and we have we, we have, uh, uh, you know new programs and, and new treatments, and uh, you know, I really do look look forward to hearing you and hear how we're helping
2: folks. We appreciate it greatly.
1: And as always, uh, any of the information that you're looking about that we uh, covered on the program uh, today, we encourage you to go to ccwny.org. That's the Catholic Charities website. It is Appeal 2017. Perhaps you are not in, um, you know, you haven't had this issue in your family and you haven't had this, uh, um, you haven't experienced these things yourself, but maybe this program touched you in some way that, uh, you know, you feel that, you know, what can you do to help? Um, Again, it's Appeal 2017 right now, and uh, we encourage you to support the great work that our guests here are doing and uh, all the folks at uh, Catholic Charities because they really are helping your neighbors and family members all throughout Western New York. All of our podcasts are available, uh, wnycatholic.org slash radio. So I referred back to a couple of the other programs we did, and those are all available to download there on your phone or your, your computer and listen to them at your leisure. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week.
0: You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org.